Virginia. William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. You're listening to the Soda Citizen podcast, a podcast that highlights all of the reasons why Columbia, South Carolina is an amazing place to call home. My name is Mary Lane Sloan. And I'm Brad Allen. Mary Lane and I run the Art of Real Estate, a local real estate brokerage here in Columbia with the goal of not just helping people buy and sell homes, but to go beyond that to help create a sense of community that people are proud to call home. Thanks so much for tuning in. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for checking out another uh, episode of The Soda Citizen. Today, we are at Craft and Draft on Divine Street with Kellen Monroe, the owner. And we are just really excited to dive into some beer talk as I drink my bubbles. <laughs> so why we'll do don't wine you... too. It's yeah, okay. that's right. That's right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about how Craft and Draft got started? So uh, Craft and Draft uh, got started back in 2014. Really, uh the early days of Craft and Draft came from uh, my business partner, Andrew Johnson, and I were uh, in engineering school together at Carolina, and we were the kids in the back of class who probably didn't pay enough attention. <laughs> we talked a lot about beer and what we were doing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings <laughs> right. more than we did studying. Uh, but so we, about 2010, uh, my dad passed away, and uh, he had a business in a warehouse over on Main Street, and we started talking about doing a brewery. and. Uh, Went around, we were homebrewing at the time, and we started working towards how we would set this up, what we would do. Yeah. Uh, we found a couple guys around town that were interested in doing it too, and we kind of had a whole build-out plan kind of thing, and then we realized that we were 25 years old and we were not independently wealthy <laughs> yeah. individuals, yeah. and yeah. we realized that to do a brewery correctly, uh -huh. you really need expendable capital yeah. because <laughs> yeah. it's a tough business. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of dropped back. And then about 2013, you know, everybody that came out in that 2007, 8, 9 yeah. time frame in the recession, it was you know, nobody loved their jobs, really. Everybody yeah. was trying to do something for themselves when yeah. things started getting better. And so we decided uh, Andrew actually was the one that wanted to do a bottle shop. And I was like, man, retail is, is hard, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Retail is a hard thing yeah. to get into. And uh, so we started talking about what if we did retail and on-premise like, yeah. and bar kind of life. And so sat down, found a couple places that we liked. We originally were supposed to be off Rosewood and uh, like 11th hour kind of deal. They changed the deal on us. Yep. And no. so, yeah, you know, <laughs> we've had that feeling recently. I was about to say uh, real estate, yeah. you know, much about the, uh, the last mm -hmm. minute thing. So honestly, we were, we were going to meet our uh, real estate broker and sign the lease yep. and he's like i don't have it yet so just hang on until we hear man we're the same real estate broker yes. we, i think we're the same one <laughs> and uh yeah so that piece of property fell through and then uh i was driving down divine street one day and i saw a, a for rent sign and what i knew is the old weathers menswear mm -hmm. store forever yeah. you know oh yeah and um so i whipped car around called andrew he came over i called the number on the sign and they now, answered. They, they answered immediately. Uh, and uh, they were like, hey, we're about five minutes away. We'll come show it to you if you want to. And we're like, yeah. So they came in. Um, at the time, the 2706 and 2708 space were yeah. subdivided. Yeah. Um, I think one was the old shoe store and one was the suit section for actual weathers. And uh, so they came and showed us and kind of looked at 
all the available space mm -hmm. and talked about what we would do. And next day we were uh, back on the phone. And I think awesome. about a week later, we had everything kind of in place. You know, we problem was we had to go back through all the city of Columbia channels to right. get, you know, approval. We had to have yep. a zoning variance. We also, no one in Columbia at the time was doing, I say that Seller on Green sort of did what we did. True. Uh -huh. yeah. um, but no one really did beer shop and bar together. Right. And so, yeah. like, we had to jump through hoops. I, honestly, I give Andrew a lot of credit for he legitimately, I think, sat in the city office for so long that they were like, okay, just fine, just whatever Here's gets that guy out of this yeah. office, yeah. let him do it. So uh, that's how we got to where we are. And That's yeah. awesome. So, so funny, funny side story. I think Marilyn knows this, but like right out of college, I was going to open a bar in Five Points. So like I was in restaurants. I was bartending through college. I met my wife, grew up in restaurants. And um, so same thing. I was like, man, I want to do something when I get out. I don't want to go be a cop. Although I, I would love to be a cop, actually, like seriously, would love to be a cop. But I was trying to do everything not to be a cop. And um, so I had a business plan. It was like 47 pages. It's going to call Whiskey Dicks. It was going to be down in Five Points. Nice. I had it all laid out. I go to the small business school, like um, incubator. And the guy's like, this looks awesome. How much money do you have? And I was like, how, how much, much money do you have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, cool. So I uh, tabled that and I was like, what's the next best thing I could do? Um, and here I am with real estate. So it was funny. funny. Like when we first got, so we had the same thing, business plan all put together. We yeah. had all these ideas. We were like, look how foolproof this is. You know, yeah. it's like, you look at you, know, when you first sit out, you're like, oh yeah, rents this much. We don't have to pay ourselves. <laughs> right. Never the greatest of idea when you're young yeah. and you think everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we go into a bank, we'd be like, here's what we're going to do. And they'd be like, that's great, but how are you planning to make money? And like, we're, we're not, like, we're just drinking beer. This is how you make money <laughs> yeah. on this business plan. And they were like, that is not yeah. how you make money yeah. on this business yeah. plan. Like, it's pretty much how Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure started. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty much yeah. the same way, yeah. Mm -hmm. But so, it, it was great. So we literally went around to our friends and family yeah. and we're like, can we have some money? And they were yeah. like, yeah, here's some sure. money. And like, that's how so that So how that do you done. pick which beers you have in the store? I mean, it sounds like you are well, a connoisseur. I guess a better question for Bubbles over here. How do you... Uh, how do you pick the draft list? Like, how do you let who, how do you let the the exclusive draft list out? Well, so when we started out, it really was you know South Carolina is a three tier state. So there's production, which is the breweries, distribution, and then us, which is retail. Um, so there's a good mix of kind of the breweries have sales reps that come out and say, here's these new beers coming out, try them out. Uh, then the distributors have their own sales reps who actually sell you the beer. So they come around and say, hey, I so think you got, you'd you like got this. brewery direct to you. They can't sell to you. Can't sell to but us, they but they sell they can you on the premise come. of buying it. Right. Then they let the distributors up wherever they are right. actually sell it to you. Right. So then they bring it to us. So their guys are obviously out pushing their product sure. as well. Um, and then, of course, we buy it in. So when we first started out, it was you kind of got what you could get uh, because okay. there just wasn't beer. That was 2014. And I mean, yeah, there was uh, 10 breweries in the state. Yeah, I think nine <laughs> or 10 somewhere around that time. Maybe a few more than that. Uh, we're still in, like just getting going. Um, but they so legitimately like when we were early, it was just whatever we could get a hold of was yeah. what we put on tap. And then right. over time, we kind of developed into a, a sort of lightest to darkest kind of frame with a couple IPAs and a couple sour beers and things like that. And we try to keep a good mix. So my ordering really throughout the whole store is I like to keep this many of this style in this many of that style. I like to, you know, pick local first or really I, I probably go rare first local second yeah. and then kind of overall quality would be my third thing, you that's know? It. So when that's the case then, so when I'm, I'm kind of ignorant to this, I remember enough of it though. Um, 
We used to not have beers over five and a half percent in our state. Yeah. When that wasn't that long. Was that like the 20, 2006, 2000? I mean, uh, 2006 was the pint bill. Okay. And I'm trying to remember. It slips my mind right, like right now. The, uh, the it was pint- Nikki Haley, I think, was in yep. office. Remember yeah. that? And that was so, you know, that was the first you could serve at a brewery. And I think that. I can't remember if there was one right before that that wiped out the the six percent. I think it was five point five or something yeah. like that was the maximum. Um, and, you know, South Carolina still, compared to a lot of the other southern states around us, has a pretty high alcohol shelf. We, so, we do, yeah. So ours is a eighteen and a half plus or minus one. Um, so like that's how strong your beer can technically be. Eighteen. Dude, I've, I've had triple IPAs that are like liquid acid at thirteen percent. I think, but I've never had an eighteen. Yeah, there's some big ones out there. So, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. one twenty minute from Dogfish, yeah. that cruises, I think they say, like, they've taken the ABV labels off of the boxes and things like that. <laughs> so, like, they can get into states now that don't right. allow it, but they just have to sell it, like, as, I think, a non-marked item, basically. Yeah. Uh, but so that comes in usually around 18%. Yeah. I think we've been told a couple batches are more like 20 but... Who really oh knows? Gosh. You know, I think yeah. I think the brewery probably keeps it a little. Sure. I think they probably say it's a little stronger than it is sure. just for, you know, shock factor yeah. sort of. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, I mean, beers can get pretty strong on that. So well, let's talk a little bit about community, because that's really I mean, y'all are the quintessential like Irish pub of what, what I mean, like this is where people come just grab a beer. They hang out, and watch baseball or football or whatever it might be. There's dogs in here. There's Prosecco and wine. I see kids in here all the time. Like. This food is trucks like, out front. Food yeah. truck, yeah. I mean, like, y'all are building community. Did you set out to build community or the community yeah. built off of what you did? A little bit of both. So, you know, we we kind of had that opinion uh, of we could build something that, and I think it was sort of the, the craft beer thing that people understood that, you know, people want a better beer in America. That right. was an obvious thing. Then it was beer isn't a bad thing. It can be your buddy down the street that makes it that, you know, you all get together and have it. You can take your kids out to the brewery or to the sure. bottle shop on the weekends yeah. and let them play with their friends while parents actually have a good time. You know, yeah. it's not, it wasn't that CD dark right. vibe. You, you right. know, we, we had some, so our whole front window here on Divine Street is open. Right. And we got, you know, nice bright lights in there and that kind of thing. And so first couple of times we had some distributors come in and they were like, we'll get you, you know, tackers to cover the uh-huh. windows and we'll get yeah. all these things so people can't see in because people don't like being seen yeah. drinking. And yeah. we were like, no, 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 that's not what we want. Like, <laughs> no. yeah. I want you to be here and yeah. I want you to feel comfortable no matter who you are. And if you want to be in a place where you don't want to be seen, then I probably don't want you in yeah. our bar, yeah. you know? So <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how we did it. And it just kind of organically grew. You know, a lot of people, I think in the age group that fit, were looking for a spot like ours to pop yeah. up in Columbia. And it just kind of, you know, we caught all the right time Sure. With what we were doing. So, so let's talk a little bit. Um, well, I want to talk about Irmo in a second. And so I've been spending a lot of time in Irmo, um, recruiting and yeah. doing some other things. But let's talk about COVID a little bit because yeah. y'all, y'all stayed open. I remember coming down here because, you know, we stayed open yeah. as well. And uh, I might make, my wife might be watching, but I might make like a weekly, bi weekly, every other day, maybe every day trip down here just to support, you know, uh-huh. other locals. Right. Economic heroes. Yes, economic mm-hmm. heroes, like I call it. So we're outside right now. It is, Decently hot. We got fans going. How have y'all adapted in COVID? How have your sales been? Um, and I really want to push you to be not be honest, but like, how do you make the most bang for your buck? So when they come in your store, they know what's going to go most back in your pocket. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, March when we got shut down, or like when the when drinking on premise was shut down, um, we basically had the 
the good fortune of being part store. Otherwise, yeah. we would have been shut down. Um, so we were able to shift over into store mode. You know, we've got a really good staff, um, lots of people who it's their second job and things like that that just enjoy doing it. So yeah. they aren't necessarily dependent upon it, which was, you know, a blessing to us in a lot of ways that those guys were able to maintain their living without having to work behind the bar. Right. Uh, right. They do it more for fun than they do it for, for income kind yeah. of thing. Um, so we were able to shift into that, uh, really Andrew and myself, and then Caitlin, who's come on with us as our full time, our first full time employee and now kind of manager and overseer of everything. Um, they were huge. You know, we kind of rotated through, we shifted, uh, Caitlin built us an online order form, basically, honestly, Teachers, guys. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, teachers yes. are amazing. amazing. Don't, uh, hey, can you keep that under wraps? We're trying to hire a lot of them. True, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, don't say that too loud. But, yeah. you know, they, she knew how to get uh, order forms for sending out stuff that people could do at home for homework. And she just adapted that into, like, how nice. we would do, yeah. you know, answer these questions on what you want for us to put together. Yeah. So you didn't even have to come in the store. You just walk up to the front door. We'd, you know, check your ID and yeah. take your payment you and away you went. So um, we kind of shifted completely to off-premise. You know, sales... We probably dropped, I mean, we were doing about 20% of our normal business. It was interesting because, you know, we're built for on-premise sales. That's where, you know, we've shifted over the years to be more bar and, and on-premise and we're built to make money on the on-premise, whereas the off-premise is more, you know, make pennies on the dollar really, but you, you know, it's there for fun and that, there for people to take it. Right. But we make money when you stay and drink it. Yeah. Um, so you know, kind of interesting shift that we suddenly went from the, hey, we'd rather you like buy a Bye. couple beers to go home, yeah. but drink two or three here to, right. we'd love for you to yeah. take a case because that makes <laughs> yeah. it worth our while kind yeah. of thing. But it yeah. was crazy in here. We we did about the same of volume of beer out of this store as we did. Um, you know, the Irmo shop was very new. So we yeah. were kind of fighting the, we were still trying to get in front of people. People didn't know if we were open. Yeah. Literally, we were just trying to get people to know we were there in yeah. the first place. So it was a very different set of challenges. Whereas, you know, the Shandon community here was super good to us and, you know, shopped local and stayed right with us until we were able to get back open and do some on-premise things. Um, you know, our, our difference of what we've done since being back open is we've, you know, done reservations, which we had never done before. We had always been just kind of walk in, get your spot and hang out kind of thing. And so we've done reservations, trying to make people feel comfortable with where they are, you know, move people around every hour and a half so we could get the next group in so people could feel comfortable, but have enough time to clean and prep between yeah. each group. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't let anybody touch products inside and that kind of thing. It's really just, you know, doing our best to be. I liked your sign saying, use your foot to open the <laughs> <Yeah>. door. That <laughs> uh, was uh, uh, Stuart Sneed over at 803i, I and he's that. the one that built the foot pulls yeah. for us. It's uh, so another good local business yeah. guy. I just kind of texted him. I was like, hey, man, we're looking for these foot pulls. <laughs> yeah. you know? He's like, I got you, man. I got you. Like, I got you. Next yeah. thing we know, we had them on the doors. So. The good news for you is alcohol is certainly the glue holding <laughs> quarantine together. It was. Right? So it was. I would think everybody would be like, where can we go to find good beer and good wine? It was an impressive uh, change. I'd say on a normal day, most people go for the ABV of, we'll call it like six to eight. That's kind of mm, wheelhouse like, give for me craft hard beer. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw <laughs> yeah. double IPAs. Like, you couldn't. I yeah. mean, people were like, how strong is that's it? That's I yeah. need. I need strong bigger. as stuff. That's right. <laughs> so, so, talk about the, the first time experience for people that come to your bottle shop, right? Like, um, it can be a little intimidating because you walk in and you've got like this, this, plank, this pan, these planks of like eight to 10 different beers. And I do it all the time. I'm like, Give me a taste of four. And they're always, everybody who's behind the bar is just awesome at it. Cause they're like, what do you like? And they walk you through it. 
But some people could be overwhelmed and not know. So if they came to your store tomorrow, which we hope they do, everybody's listening, yeah. including my mom, she's the only one listening. And then like- My mom listens too. Your mom listens too? She doesn't drink beer though. She doesn't drink beer. She drinks wine. <laughs> they have wine, mom. Yep. Um, Come on, Lane. But they can always do samples, right? I mean, usually two, point, two ounce pours. Do you always have the bottles of what you're selling in the, the drafts as well or? So not always. So, uh, you know, it's changed a little bit over the years, but it used to be that a lot of the like specialty beers only came in kegs. It was right. the way the breweries uh, operated. It, it shifted now. So kegs used to be the easy money makers. Right. The brewery only had to fill one vessel, put yeah. it on a pallet and away it went. Yeah. Nowadays, it's a lot harder for a lot of bars to do, you know, one keg of this and yeah. one keg of that. So it's a lot of work to do that kind of thing. So you see a lot more as cans have become more yep. readily available yep. and, and canners themselves, which used to be a huge expense for a brewery. And they still are a huge expense for the yep. brewery, but in relative terms, they're not as bad as what they once were. Yep. So a lot of breweries are able to turn and put their, their you know, specialty stuff into cans and small runs. Yeah. Um, but so we don't always have the stuff on draft in a can or bottle. Gotcha. And so, you know, usually we kind of shift that way. We go specialty. Um, but that way, you know, if you come in and there's a bacon imperial stout, you know, yeah. I want you to try it and make sure you like it before right. you commit to something yeah. that sure. you're not going to like in the first place. But if know? they like the draft, you've got growlers here. You can, well, yep. non-COVID times, you can bring your own growler. Yep. Um, you've got ways of taking home that draft. And I guess drafts put more in your pocket, right? I mean, like yep. as a business owner, it's less overhead because the bottles of glass that you have to pay and the price, everything yeah, else. And it's interesting. So the, the piece that... I never realized in the restaurant bar industry that I think a lot of people are, are maybe just unwise to is you're like, oh man, why is this beer or what? You know, super easy way to know is go to a big bottle shop, big wine shop, look at, you know, a bottle of a regular old Pinot Grigio and you're like, well, this is $9. And when I was in that restaurant the other night, it was $49. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're like trying to figure out why. Well, the why is the restaurant pays for that prime real estate and they pay for rent and then they pay for their employees and to serve it to you. And, yes. yeah. and then and a big piece anymore for everybody is liability insurance and that kind yeah. of thing. So your insurance yeah. hits you pretty good. So you do pay more, but it is more of a money maker for the Drinking bar and Drinking Pinot at home is not nearly as much fun as drinking it out with friends. <laughs> well, you, know, you can grab a bottle, but it's much easier for me mm -hmm. to tell you two or three things about it. And right. then you, you yeah. enjoy it more. And, and I don't makes feel the whole so bad about myself yeah. if I'm drinking with others. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so wrapping up the um, local, this uh, Divine Street store, You've got plenty of spaces outside. Do you have inside yet? We do. So we're doing uh, basically our four picnic tables, which can do up to eight people at each table. Um, and our one, we're doing just the inside window as reservation only. Uh, we use one, in, like the other side of the building as kind of a waiting area. If people get here too early or, yeah. you know, people are trying to shift around, we kind of use it as the overflow. And then we do about six walk-up cocktail tables, which we can get up to six people at. Sweet. Um, and that kind of gives us our, you want to stop in and grab a beer on your way home, but you don't want to take up a reservation for an hour and a half. You sure. can swing in, grab a beer yeah. and get on your way. And then kind of the same kind of deal for the yeah. other way. If yeah. you've got a big group, you know, you're in your space, you know, you're going to have your time and then you can actually have a good time and be comfortable with your people. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a quick question. So just to kind of wrap it up, you know, I hear a lot. Irma first. Don't wrap it up without oh, Irma. Oh, sorry, Irma. That's right. Well, a lot, I, I'm not a huge beer person, but I hear everybody talk about like, Asheville's got a great beer scene. Greenville's got a great beer scene because they're up in the mountains and the water there is better. But I feel like Columbia's got a lot going on. So, like, what is your take on the Columbia beer scene? Okay, so I think we are a little bit underrated. Um, I think that there's a couple breweries in town that you could take and put in any town. And 
they would, they would be fine. Yeah. Like okay. they would just fit right into the, oh, this brewery is really good and they do an awesome job. Um, I think that, you know, I still think there's a good many people in Columbia that always look at Columbia establishments as they're not in Charleston or they're right. not in Asheville. They're not right. in Charlotte. So I just can't love them that much, which yeah. is a weird kind of. They're a lot more affordable though. It is. A, and you know, <laughs> and there's and, parking. And there's great things about them. They always have yeah. great people. The best part about Columbia, I've always said is you walk into a Columbia bar, everybody's your friend. Uh-huh. And yeah. it doesn't matter if, if you walked into a college bar no, or to a local yeah. bar, everybody's friendly. And you no. go to, you know, Charleston is its own animal nowadays because yeah. it's very tourist driven. Charlotte is, you know, a very banking style community. Mm-hmm. You go to Greenville. I've always laughed about Greenville. Like you walk in and everybody looks over their shoulder out of mm-hmm. their circle and then they look back down and like, <laughs> you're like, who do I, who do I talk to? I always think clubby people like should be appreciative of how welcoming and how much fun yeah, our places are. And, and that's the way I feel about our beer. Our breweries are great. They have, each one has its own vibe and is doing its own thing, sort of. Um, you know, I think some people are making much better quality of beer than some people, but I, honestly, you can have a good time at sure. any of them. And like, I mean, who else has a hangar that has a brewery right? or, or a brewery that right. is a airplane hangar? Yeah. You know, like you literally can't find nicer people than, than sure. swamp cabbage. Like, I mean, yeah. everybody has the great, like great pieces to what they're doing and sure. things like that. So it's, it's amazing that we have that. I just wish that maybe we get a little more embrace, uh-huh. like yeah. embracement from the community sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's move on to Irmo because I, I knew you opened Irmo. I didn't go out there for the first several months, just never had a reason to, but now that we open, we're opening an office in Lexington, been having a lot of meetings out there. There are meetings on my calendar officially. Um, but they just happen to be, um, I think it's big. He's just looking yeah. for new drinking buddies. It <laughs> is. But I mean, y'all have got a bigger, um, I feel like you've got a bigger draft list, right? So uh, in theory, yes. We have 13 regular taps where here we have 12. And then we have two. That's right. Bigger. We Bad have one. Uh, <laughs> two nitro taps. So that really gives us 15 beers on tap at any time. And then we have five wines. Yep. So the whole board is, is 20 total things. We have wine on tap? We have wine on tap, yes. <laughs> you want to go to Lexington for our office <laughs> meetings now, don't you? Yep. We, we should have recorded this in Irma, <laughs> is what you're saying. Five o'clock. Uh, we'll be out there soon enough. But you, I mean, the other thing I think people need to understand, too, if they haven't seen the space and seen our spotlights here, is like you've got a whole refrigerated section of beer from anything to everything, sours all the way to porters and stouts, right? I mean, yep. so you can take what you want, drink it on premise. You don't have to have that. But the thing with Irmo is it's it's big. I mean, it's in a shopping center. I mean, you've got space. It is. We uh, So, you know, here our whole footprint is about 2,000 square feet. Uh, so when we were looking out there, our, our landlord has been so good to us is actually our property manager out there. And he kept showing us this space. And he's like, you know, they're redoing it. They're working on the center. It's going to be lively. We're wanting somebody to be like the hub. And uh, we couldn't ever figure out how to make the one space he kept showing us work yeah. kind of. Um, and so he's like, why don't you come look at the space next door? We walk in and it's actually the old, the end of the old produce section of uh, Winn-Dixie. And uh, yeah. we were like, take it. We were like, well, we were just kind of like, what are we going to do with this space? You know I mean? It's 7,000 <laughs> yeah. square feet. It's got 15 foot high ceilings. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how we fill up this space. And so we kept talking about it. And uh, you know, we have the off premise where we do events and come to you and that kind of thing. And we always get asked for like people renting out yeah. craft and draft. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, to make it worth our while for you to rent it out yeah. is a bigger number than you're right. going to want to pay. Or right. I would feel comfortable paying yeah. somebody yeah. or making somebody pay. So we were like, I mean, we could make a big back room and have an events venue and that kind of thing. And then have the store in the front and with the space, we decided to do a full kitchen. Yep. So basically, you know, 
if I had my way here, everything would be in cold storage. That would be better. It's better for the beer and it makes our lives easier because beer comes in cold, goes right into the coolers and never warms up. So it's better for the product and better for gotcha. the customer. Um, so out there we were like, no, nah, we're going to make everything cold storage. So basically yeah. everything's cold, everything's ready to yep. go. It never gets warm. It's just served and ready to go. Okay. Um, and then the kitchen obviously, you know, got full use and, um, kind of aimed it a little bit to be lunch focused, but really to work for both anytime you come in. Yeah. Uh, we were hoping that, you know, it would make us a little busier during the day, which, sure. you know, come into the bottle shop and you can hang out and use the Wi-Fi anytime yep. you want to. But yep. uh, some people frown on drinking a beer at noon, especially <laughs> I mean, if you Europeans don't have lunch. Yet, right? yeah, 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 we're not quite there. Marilyn uh, drinks every Kevin's day. Kevin's going to get us there, though. <laughs> yeah. like, what time is it? Yeah, she's like, lunch? I have salads lunch, for breakfast. But so I'm super, like, super impressed with Irmo. It's got great space. Every time we go in there, obviously everybody knows us. But there's also little arrows keeping everybody COVID safe and COVID friendly, which I do appreciate. Um, and I honestly, I mean, really appreciate what y'all have done to build community. You've really, no offense, like live, not offense, like kudos. You've livened up Divine Street. Like we started our career across the road and there was nothing down here that was worth any, like what's fun. Like, and oh, the old nightcap's pretty fun. <laughs> I've never been nightcaps what? ever. I went to college Next here. Next spotlight ever. I think. Nightcaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, I love nightcaps At more than any person really should love nightcaps. So I can't say anything. Yeah. So, so uh, we know. So what I'm saying is, though, y'all have been an awesome like supporter of the community. You've been an active participant. You've made Divine Street awesome, and I can't wait till uh, Irmo takes off and really gets the gets the traction it deserves. And so we're gonna come out there and start doing some things with y'all and. Um, I love this place. I really do. I mean, it's my go-to spot. So, yeah. so thank you so much yeah, for taking yeah, the time to be with us today. Yeah. And make sure you subscribe and listen to our other podcasts. Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts.